Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ones Ready Podcast. Jared, what is up with that hoodie? I've never seen one like that before. It looks extremely Ooh, comfortable. And is that sport tech technology or something? Olive drab? It is. Oh, my goodness. Look how good it looks, right? Oh my yeah. Gosh. Look at that. Look at that. And it's super <laughs> soft on the inside. It's that, uh, that sport tech. We've got olive drab and heather gray and all that kind of good stuff over at the, uh, the store. So check us out at onesready.com and hit that shop. We also have a couple more of these hats, even though they're not advertised. They're a mystery item. But nice. if you order a mystery item, you could get a flag, a shirt, hoodie. Well, actually, no, you won't get a hoodie because that would be at a severe discount, but like <laughs> a really, really big discount. <laughs> but the mystery item is, uh, you know, flags, shirts, a hat. So go check it out for sure. So obviously we have the hoodies in I kid love- sizes. What else do we have in kid sizes? <laughs> oh, wow. The kids, we already got it. That's wow. I love it. Just starting off. That was awesome. That was pretty good. good. Okay. Man, between yesterday and today, I'm, I like these. I like this, this NCOA trend. Yeah. I got a lot of pent up. (laughs) Dude, you were on fire yesterday. I just uh, show up to class, try to put my positive mental attitude on. Anyway, speaking of, uh, of goals, right? One of my goals right now is to graduate without burning the place down. Uh, the way that I set goals, I, I put this out on our group text yesterday and I really only wrote three things down. And uh, I don't want to go too much into it without hearing what the other guys have to say about it. But when I'm setting goals, but the three things that I look at are the minimum standards, then realistic goals, and then my aspirational goals. And so like to put it in perspective easily, right, is your IFT. Your IFT, there's the minimum standard that you have to hit to get into dev and then also to ship. And then your realistic goals. And I think when uh, we did the IFT episode, we did a pretty good job of of setting out realistic goals, the ones ready standard uh, for folks. And then there's the aspirational goals, right? Like running, you know, five minute miles or, or whatever else like that. So, uh, but outside the realm of the physical, this is how I break down goals. So I just wanted to, you know, sit down with my two favorite people and, uh, and chit chat about goal setting and, and how they do it and pick their brains a little bit. Aaron, what you got? Well, I, I love the way that you broke it down, right? Um, because you have to have a realistic goal. So the, the goal setting in those, in those three categories Perfect explanation, right? There's the minimum standard. That's what I need to be successful. When you're in the pipeline, newsflash everybody, 70% is an acceptable standard for nearly everything. Like the way that we train, like we have, we set up minimum standards for a reason. That's why there are minimum standards. Is it acceptable to constantly only hit those minimum standards? Absolutely not. But you need to know exactly what those are, right? Like your floor the, the worst that you do at any given event should be the minimum standard. That's it. You should never fail. The worst that you do on your worst day should be the minimum. And that's, that's how we live our lives. So it's a, a weird thing inside of our career fields. But basically, we have a standard. Once you achieve that standard, you're expected to maintain that your entire career. And this goes for everything. Shoot, move, communicate, medicate, JTAC, SR stuff tech P stuff, everything. So once you, once you get that skill, there's a little line item and you literally sign it off. You're expected to maintain that minimum standard your entire career at any time. So for instance, the very first line in all of our training plans in our Bible of what it is to be a PJ, SR, TAC P, CCT, the very first line is maintains physical standards in accordance with, and then it lists out the, the reg, right? That means at any time, I could walk into any team room and I could point at any person and go PT test. Get, we're doing an OFT right now. I don't care how tired you are. You should be able to meet the minimum standard period. 
now it's different. Like what's acceptable to me is different. That's moving on into that second one. And then what, what do I aspire to do? That's a, that's a completely different thing. But if we're talking about step one, minimum standards, you need to know them cold. You need to accept what they are. And no matter what's going on, you better be able to do that minimum standard. We have a minimum standard for the one man drill. And I use this a lot because I was terrible at ropes and tech rescue in general when I started my career. And I had to do a lot of work. I just never done it before. I, I, I was not a mountain climber. I'd never touched a rope system in my life. I had to learn everything on the go and I wasn't good at it. It took me a long time to pick it up. Um, but there's a, there's a drill, the one man drill where you essentially start at the top of a, of a wall or a mountain and you do a whole bunch of stuff. You rappel down, you hook a patient up, then you ascend and there's a knot bypass and then you make a system and then you haul stuff up. There's a minimum standard for that. I have done a lot of work to maintain that minimum standard for a long time. I couldn't for a long time. Like I was busting the timeline all the time and that's not acceptable. Right? So I had to work to get to that minimum standard. I'm proud to say now you walk into my office, even as an admin dork that hasn't touched a rope in a little bit, I can still knock that one man out at the minimum standard. Is it what I aspire to be? No, I need to do a lot more work, but that's for the minimum standard. And I, I love how you, you parse this out, Trent, in three kind of blocks. But for the minimum standard, I think that's that's where I land. Man, I was thinking about the uh, the OFT just rolling in, and mm-hmm. uh, for me, just for for me personally, um, yeah, I can pass an OFT on the spot. The only one that eh, it could be if it's that run, that mile and a half run. If you don't have a pool, then you got to do that that uh, that run. That run sucks. At, like. Man, my hammies and hip flexors are taxed. I'm swimming um, all day. That yeah. OFT, it's, the OFT is easy to pass, okay? It's almost impossible to max out, and that's for a reason. Um, but, man, that mile and a half run, I'm swimming all day, dude. I'm not, I, yeah. That run is super hard. After, after all the, the deadlifts, the, the side-to-side. The, the shuttle, yeah. The shuttle. Oh, the shuttle. Shuttle's the worst. <laughs> that shuttle run hurts. Yeah, that's that's the only uh, spicy moment for me is the mile and a half if I can't swim. But um, that's that's a whole different topic, which we've actually covered in another episode. But yeah. um, mill spec believer, I don't know if you guys are following him on on um, oh yeah the gram, but he put something. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I know him or not, but I he put something out there the other day talking about JTAC evaluations. And I want to, this, this ties into the minimum. So I'm not going off on a tangent here, but like we train uh, and put each other through difficult evals. Like there, there is a crawl, walk, run progression in terms of everything that we do. Right. But the a JTAC eval is an evaluation. So it should be, challenging but it shouldn't be a i'm going to purposely set this scenario up and make it so difficult so that you fail that is that is what we do in training not evaluations Mm -hmm. and that often gets lost on a lot of people because a lot of people um they don't they don't necessarily get a gatekeeper personality but it is like well this was done to me so it it should be done to you yeah. Yeah, it's one hundred percent what it yeah. is. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe it's it's a different mentality for me. I don't know. But right. like I want to bust your ass and make you fail in training so that you don't do it when it actually matters, you know, on target or day yeah. one of a war or night one of a war. You know what I mean? So like 
that's just my mentality. And he put that out in a, in a meme, which was excellent. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that I haven't made that same mistake early on, you know, as I, as I've matured, I've, I've understood that process, but like, man, fail in training so that you don't have to fail in combat. Yeah. Um, well, it goes, it goes right back to NDOC at, well, yeah. even NDOC or even the pipeline now on evaluation day, there is no extra training. Nope. There is no operant conditioning. There's no, um, Hey, I'm going to mess with you guys. And you gotta, you gotta be over here by, you know, in some unrealistic timeline. It is, Hey, we're doing an eval today. Here's these, here's the schedule of events. Here's what's yeah. happening. And you're going to do it. And the cadre won't like, they'll barely even talk to you. They'll, yeah. The, it was the first time that cadre it, evals used to be on Mondays. I don't know how they're doing it now, but it was a completely different vibe. Like no kid, they wouldn't even stress you out. Now, are they keeping tick marks of all of your mistakes? And are you going to pay for those at the end of the eval? <laughs> oh yeah. We still have accountability, ladies and gents. Um, however, they would even, you know, even their personalities would change. Like you would come in on Monday and it, it was, it was 100%. It was like game time evaluation. They would come out. Nobody was raising their voices. They're just like, Hey gents, we got some work we got to do. Let's get this knocked out. Do what you're supposed to do. And, and, and that's it. And like, it, it's kind of a tangent, but we just recently, so this is in the last six months, we finally published what we're calling the ST instructor and ST evaluator actual training plan to certify people in ST to be instructors and evaluators. And when you start talking about evaluators that don't know the difference between a really hard training event and what an evaluation is supposed to be, it's because if you've never worked in AETC and you weren't trained to be an instructor, you don't know how to draw that line. And in ST, there was no, in, in the pararescue community, right? You were, there was a formalized training plan. You were expected to be an IJ, right? An instructor PJ. You do that usually around five level. And then when you're a seven level, you're a team leader for a little bit. There was a formalized upgrade to be an evaluator. And we had a formalized training plan that you would go through and you'd be like, here's the difference between instruction and evaluation. And here's how you conduct an evaluation. And here's how you brief the student beforehand. So ST, uh, you know, TACP, CCT, the PJs on the ST side of the house, unless you had an instructor duty behind you, you didn't even know those things. And like AETC and the AFSPEC War Training Wing have invested millions of dollars and decades into becoming valuable and like professional instructors. And ST just had that. So you see it, I see it way more often on the ST side of the house than on the ACC side of the house. But those instructors, um, when, when they, they don't know how to flip the switch from instruction to evaluation, they don't know how to go, you know, in instruction, it's totally okay to throw the kitchen sink at a dude and, and watch him fail and be like, hey, you failed, you got to be better. But then you have to be able to dial it back. And again, minimum standard for the evaluation, there's a minimum passing score. That means that student was not perfect. That means they screwed some things up. As long as they weren't like no fail items, you got to let them a 71% is still a pass. Is it, is it the greatest? Is it what you want to see out of the student? No, but it's still a pass. Well, so when it's you guys minimums. were going through the, the pipeline, do you remember any times where you saw and were able to set those realistic goals or aspirational goals, you know, so maybe helped out by your instructors or, or through events that you went through where you're like, Oh, like this is where I, I, need to be to optimize my performance. You know what I mean? But like, I think I can get to this place, 
but like you're passing the minimum standards. Was there anything like that where you got kind of opened up your eyes and saw kind of where, where you want to go? Yeah. Uh, well, through, you know, verbal mentorship, of, of course, but also on two different occasions, like at least in training, uh, I think I'm thinking of like monster mashes, right? Um, monster mashes. And, and for those that don't know, a monster mash is a, it's an event that we like to do in special tactics. I, I'm not sure. I think you guys do it on, on the RQS side of the house oh, yeah. too. But yeah, yeah. Um, so aspect war likes to do these and you will, I've heard you will do it in the pipeline. <laughs> yeah. Now um, STTS just uh, brought them back too. They just, they yeah. put that out. They're going to do, I think once a month, just like we do with the units. Yeah. Um, and it's, usually, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's one of my favorite events. I, as you know, Aaron, because I always fought for them. We'd always do them at the tutu, but oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's a series of events that can take, you know, if, if you're going to do like a monster mash sprint, it could be 45 minutes all the way up to, three five hours long yeah, whole morning. and yeah and it's a it's a series of events that are um problem solving memorization uh a lot of physicality involved with it a lot of physicality you know carrying boats dragging hurt and herman bodies um medical scenarios radio scenarios jtac scenarios um you know all that uh, weapons assembly if you if you saw the lightning challenge that tag peas did a lot of that kind of stuff yep. so um, it's a lot of fun, but you are there with a team of however many people, maybe it's three, four five, and it's a way for you to have fun, but also exercise your knowledge base and your conditioning. And when you are hurting really, really bad and no one else is, that is one of those things go, okay, well, whatever I've been doing, whether I've been lazy or whatever I've been doing in the gym, isn't working out for me because I am hurting way too bad and these folks around me are crushing me right now. Mm -hmm. And now I am the weak, uh, weak link. And as soon as I start to feel like I'm the weak link in it, like, uh, dude, I start ramping it up oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. So that for me, and, and I could translate that to on target. Like I, I know um, there was one rotation where it, it, I came from England, you know, so it's not like we have mountains and stuff or easily accessible mountains that are massive like the ones in afghanistan so i wasn't conditioned for mountains and that first month it took me a while and i was mm -hmm. hurting really really bad walking up those mountains yep but that motivation and that that peer competition or whatever you want to call it made me ramp up my conditioning so yeah that's me i i always uh equate it to the pipeline you know what i mean like so if you're just hitting the minimum standards every week even though mondays are usually you know more relaxed less stress you can put a lot of stress on yourself knowing you're right close to that line like that is not a comfortable feeling because you can't you know they call it redlining you can't double red in event so let's say you fail push-ups one time the next time you have to pass and that number gets bigger so the next time you got it, it's a bigger number so you fail at 65 push-ups Next Monday, you don't get to do 65 push-ups. You got to do 70 push-ups. And if you don't pass, that double red puts you into a, a status where they look at you like going on in the course. So a realistic, and, and I was always close on pull-ups for whatever reason. I just, my body does not do pull-ups well. I, I, even at my most in shape, I was, I was struggling right on that line. I got to tell you, that's stressful. It's stressful as shit to, to worry every single day. So for me, 
you know, my realistic goal setting had to sound something like, all right, even though I only owe eight pull-ups this week, I got to knock like 11 out because I have to be ahead of the game in order like aspirational goal. Of course, I would want to do 15 pull-ups and never worry about it. 20 pull-ups. And I would, you know, I, I would completely delete that stress from my life. Um, but for me, that realistic goal setting had to be, okay, I want to be a couple over the minimum because being right on that line, like if I injure myself, if I tweak something, if I wake up and I'm just, I'm having an off day, you can't ride that line. You can't ride the minimums because if you dip below it now, now we have a problem and, and now like now you're stressed. So real quick, because uh, I, I think it's important to highlight and we've, we've done this in the, we've talked about this in the past, but you mentioned your pull-ups and how stressful it is. Yeah. And, and we talk about like how, how much conditioning or how in shape do I need to be for the pipeline? Yep. And, you know, you, you, we have said it, lots of people always said it, Hey, the pipeline is 80% mental, 20% physical. Yep. But if you can get to a point where you are so physically fit that, uh, you know, most of the stuff in the pipeline doesn't doesn't bother you or you're not worried about it. That's freeing up 20% of stress oh, yeah. of your mental bandwidth to help you, you know, navigate the, the pipeline, which is extremely heinous. So the funny thing about know. me is uh, at Indoc, I was, I was fine in the water. Like it was stressful and it was hard, but I like, I think I went something, I, I always joke with my team on this. I went something like three weeks in a row and didn't fail, like didn't even fail a, a water event. I could do ditch and dawn at Indoc in something like 10 seconds. And it used to make the instructors super mad. I would just go down. I just had my thing. Like I would take an extra two or three seconds to make sure it's okay. And I would come back up. It wasn't, it was barely a breath hold for me. So the instructors frequently, uh, chief Ron Thompson, who is uh, retired now and Aaron Butler, which was every, every student has an instructor. That's their bugaboo, <laughs> right? Like you just like you screw something up and you turn around and there's that one instructor and you're just Always like, bad. son of a that that was that was Aaron Butler for me. He's a he's a PA now, but um, every time I screwed something up, I would turn around and Aaron Butler. He was this very quiet dude. He would just be like, "Love." Um, so, like, I, I was really good at that. So, to to talk about the stress piece, no kidding. When when on those Mondays when I got done with the essentially like the cows in the run, when I got done with the the cows, like as long as my pull up numbers were okay, I turned my brain off. I was like, oh, water, I got it. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to get me at buddy breathing. You're not going to get me at underwaters. Like these things, like I'm not popping. Like, I don't care what you do to me in the pool. I'm totally fine. And for me, like, imagine if you can put yourself in that position where everybody else around you is completely stressed out. And, and me, I'm just like, oh, well, it's another training day. Everybody else is like freaked out about the pool and how am I going to do this? Am, am I going to be able to tread today? And legitimately, I was just, I was able to step back and just, you know, move the team around and do things that were actually helpful. Yeah. But like, I, I think it's one of those things, like once you've met the minimum standards, it's like, what, what do you set next as your realistic standards? Like what goals are you setting? You know, like for me, it was, you know, eval days should be easy, right? Eval days are easy days because they're just yeah. PT as a smaller dude, my yep. minimum standard slash realistic goal on long ruck marches and multi-day movements through the woods was basically survive, survive and do your job and don't die. You know what I mean? In the, in the beginning, and then 150 yeah. pound Trent was really on the struggle bus with that. But then like, it's like outside of that, like, so that's like the minimum standard, but also my realistic standard. Like how else do I provide value to the team? 
And like, I'm not going to be like, well, at the same time, I'm going to increase my deadlift, become a monster rucking and still maintain like my, my right. standards and all these other things. So I, th- I think we struggle sometimes when we get these DMS where kids are like, well, I want to do PJ and then the CIA, you know, and then be president of the United States. It's like, okay. But like, and also physically people will be like, not hey, everybody's man, like, RJ Casey. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to ship until like I'm running five minute miles doing 30 pull-ups and doing 800 pushups. It's like, Hey man, like I'm not trying to crush your dreams, but like, where are you right now? And have you met the minimum standards? And then we can talk about what happens after that. And it's like a rolling process too. It's, it's, it's not like your minimum standard changes over time. And so does your realistic and aspirational standard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, figuring out where you are first and where you stand is, I think, the most important piece. And then having to do that, that reval on a, a regular basis, right? Because like when you graduate the pipeline, the minimum standard on like the AFSOC PT test is the max, right? Like nobody, nobody talked mm-hmm. about the minimums on the AFSOC PT test. Everyone's just like, if someone walked up to you and was yeah. like, what's the minimum standard? It's like, hey, uh, what? I don't know. 16 pull-ups is the minimum. I don't, I don't like, know. That's the max. It's like, yeah. oh, well, that's our minimum, you know? <laughs> oh, well, that's, yeah. yeah. So just that that reevaluation stage, I think, is, is very important. What do you guys think? Yeah, and it's going to change at different times, too. Like, as guys go through, guys and gals go through the pipeline, you know, when you're getting ready to go in, your only focus should be on the IFT. Your, every sing, your goals in, the, in those three buckets, the minimums, the uh, realistic standards, and then what you aspire to do should solely be focused on the IFT. And we've talked about this a million times, like specifically for you in that phase, the only thing you should be doing is run, swim, cows and being on your feet for long periods of time. Because that that's what the data shows is the most successful. Uh, or the, the, the data shows that the people that are most successful have a lower runtime. They're able to be on their feet for long periods of time. Yep. They're not doing the minimum standards. So that's what you should be focusing on. Your goals should be focused in that area. Now, later in the pipeline, and especially you know for, for the PJs, we would see it when they get to Kirtland, now it's time to start throwing some weight around. Now it's time, because we're going to ask you to put on a quarter of your body weight, climb a rope ladder. Okay, well, you're, you're going to need to do different training then. Pull-ups and push-ups ain't going to get you there. You're going to have to do some weight training. You're going to have to do some metabolic conditioning because we're going to ask you to, to sprint with a quarter of your body weight on 200 yards, drag something and then sprint another 200 yards back. So that's, that's different training. And you should be able when you're doing goal setting, and this is a, a, a important thing. Goal setting should be a formalized process. You should sit down and you should write down. What is it that it's like mission planning? The first thing that I always tell people when, when I'm, teaching mission planning, you know, troop leading procedures or MDMP, the military decision-making process. I always focus on what is this? What mission were you given? Do you understand what you're supposed to do? You should do the same thing with your goals. Okay. What's my goal? I want to smoke the IFT. Okay. So what does that look like? What are the minimums? Write the minimums down. How would you feel comfortable? Okay. That's realistic. Where do you, where are you now? Where do you think you can go? All right, now if I really buckle down and everything goes perfectly, no injuries, <clears throat> no problems, this is where this is my gold standard. You need to write that down. And then when you get done, right? When you crush that goal like you you said you were going to, it's time to look at that list and go, "Okay, now what? Now I'm in the pipeline. Now I have different goals. And now I need to I need to goal set and I need to come up with like a more formalized plan." And I think people screw that up all the time they have this 
nebulous idea like, oh, I want to be a PJ. Okay, that's not helpful. That That's a good goal. You aspire to be a PJ. How are you going to get there? Like you need to, you need to lay out step one through three before step four magic happens and you get a maroon beret. Like you well, need I to think, figure that out. I think that that process, those steps that you're talking about are why uh, people like, I, I guess, you know, like ones ready exists or some of these other, you know, organizations exist to help navigate that because it can be daunting. If I say, Hey, I want, I aspire to be a PJ. It's impossible. A special it's an impossible like, task. Like, right. I, like I don't. Okay. So where do I start? I know that you have to be physically fit. Okay, cool. Like, <clears throat> let me do research. Always <laughs> do some research. Always. Right? Ask, ask some questions that are some, maybe some outlying questions. If you're like, man, I have searched for this info. I can't find it. Everybody I've talked to just doesn't have a straight answer. Like, okay, cool. But, uh, you know, it's, navigating that path and that, that, um, whatever, man, I'm, I'm lost right now, but <laughs> I started, off I, I admit, I admit that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, see, you need a path. There you go. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not a, personally, I'm not a write down kind of person, but when you, when you equate it to the MDMP and receiving a mission and stuff like that, like, you know, commander's intent, like I will write that down. That is part of it. That goes on the whiteboard. Like what is the mission? Right. So that we can always go everything that we're doing, we can go right back and look and go, is what we're trying to get after? Is that part of the mission? Is that accomplishing commander's intent? If it is, okay, cool. We're on the right path. If it's not, okay, then we need to adjust. And maybe there's some sub subtasks in there, which usually there are some subtasks, but as long as the main goal is being hit, we're good to go. Well, and, and the way I would break this down, if you're if you're out there listening and you're like, hey, how do I get started? And I've talked about this before. Your minimum standard is what work out five days a week. And so you, like, you meet your minimum standard by getting to the gym five days a week or wherever it is that you're yeah. working out. Right. Your realistic goals are like, I want to accomplish. I want to do, you know, max set of like I want to do like 100 pushups a day, 100 setups a day, whatever it is, wherever you're starting from. Right. So that's your realistic goal. But like your minimum standard needs to be get to the gym five days a week. Like if you're, if you start out with like your aspirational goal of, of, of something ridiculous, like you're never going to get there if you're starting from zero. And so, I mean, I, yeah. I still do that. I, I still say like my minimum standard is just to get to the gym five days a week. And at this point in my life, like the rest of it kind of takes care of itself, but that consistency <laughs> is the, the, the first step in, in, in anything really, any of the goals you're going to set. Yeah. So. Dude, I, I just went through this. So I, as we, as we know, I have a, a pre-existing bad back injury, right? So my SI joints all screwed up every once in a while. It happens. I, I don't know what frequency it happens, but it's always something dumb. This time I was, uh, I was putting a dumbbell away literally on the last set of my workout. I bent over, I picked the dumbbell up and I felt the distinctive pop and twinge in my lower back. And I was just like, God, duh. so basically what happens is it completely incapacitates me for about two days. And then I'm finally able to like walk around without noticeable pain. And then finally I can like start walking again. And then finally, like uh, about four days after that, I'm able to like lift, I can like bench press and I could do other stuff. And now finally, like, you know, 10 days later, I'm back to like, I'll be able to squat again. And it, it just happens, right? I got terrible disc issues and my SI joints all screwed up, blah, blah, blah. You know, story, story, story. However, no kidding. 
yesterday was standard hour of cardio day. I did my hour on the Stairmaster. I felt fine. Like there was no pain involved. And, uh, you know, I look at, I, I look at, um, a guy that I was on the, on the Stairmaster next to who I roll BJJ with at the same gym. <clears throat> and he was like, Hey, I haven't seen you. What happened? I was like, Hey man, I hurt myself. I've been just clawing my way back to, to being able to get back on the mats. And I looked at him and I said, my goal this week is to get to the gym one time. I want to go roll just one time this week and then, you know, shake the dust off, just get some rolls in. I'm not going to go super hard. I'm not going to be like training for a tournament. I don't think I'm Gordon Ryan. Um, but what I want to do is I, I want to go roll one time this week because I know once I roll that one time, I'm going to go, okay, I, I could probably go again next week. How do I feel? Am I feeling okay? Like you have to be, I, I had to be realistic with myself. Like when I hurt my back, like, like I do every single six months or whatever the frequency is, I have it down to a science, but it's because I have to be realistic. Like, Hey, you know what, you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk for 25 minutes. And as long as it doesn't hurt, I'm just going to walk slowly and I'm going to focus on every step, not hurting. It sucks. Uh, and it sucks to deal with, but you have to be realistic and then you have to give yourself a path to get there. Um, and, and you, you just have to set realistic goals. And then what do I aspire to do? Yeah. I'd like to go back full time rolling and I want to get my next belt promotion and blah, 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 blah. But sometimes just doing the minimum is how you start and just showing up is enough. The, uh, I saw something and I, I thought maybe I was, uh, the only one, right. Is when I wake up in the morning to go, you know, go to work, go train, go, whatever I'm going to go do, especially specifically train. I don't have to, like, I don't do any kind of self-talk. I don't, I don't go, you know, like, all right, man, you got this or anything like that. And I, I because if not, I I don't right. Like it's just like this is getting done, and there's no like there's no option. I don't give myself an out, Mm -hmm. um, unless I have like super like my schedule changes or whatever like that, and then I make sure I hit it in the afternoon or during lunch or something like that. But um, like the question was posed to Jocko from I think Russell Brands anyway, and uh, they were talking about that. Like, hey, what do you tell yourself in the morning? And, And he's like. I don't tell myself anything. I just roll out of bed and I, I freaking go. Yeah. Like, and so you hear some of these folks and, and maybe it works for some people, right? I'm, I'm not throwing shade at them or whatever. Like that is just not me. I, any kind of self-talk for me is whether it's healthy or not, I don't know, is, is a bit negative, you know, <laughs> that, but, yeah, not healthy. I can tell you straight right, up. Right, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't let somebody talk to you like that. So you should <laughs> talk to you like that. <laughs> But at the same time, I also don't have a conversation with myself. It's, hey, you know, it's whatever time I've got to wake up, I wake up, roll out of bed, and I'm either training or I'm going to work or doing whatever that needs to be done. There's no decision matrix in that. You just get up and you do it. Um, I don't know. That's that's just me. Excellence is a habit. Um, I I did get some good feedback. Our shirt, you know, kind of came in my office and he was talking about, he he saw me in the gym and he he came, he's like, what time do you get to the gym in the morning? I was like, well, I hit the office usually about 545. I open up ops. I go in, I check sipper because I can't check my sipper from home. So I make sure nothing's going on. I was like, and I try to get to the gym six, six fifteen, uh, workout so that I'm, you know, done with my workout showered and and back to work, work at like nine o'clock. And he's like, dude, that's ridiculous. How do you do that? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, what do you mean? It's just, 
it's just what I do. It's just a habit. It's not like I'm not doing it. I, like, I don't, I don't think I'm some superhero. It's just, that's what I got to do. So I just, I just do that. It doesn't take, it, it might take some of that positive self-talk. Like you might have to give yourself a little pat on the back those first couple mornings when you're waking up, like, okay, good job. You, you've, you made it. You got to the gym this morning. Right. But I'll tell you what, after a month, after six months of doing that, that, you know, Jocko, another great thing that he said is that discipline gives you freedom. I don't have to think and struggle through my morning. I get up, the alarm clock happens. I brush my teeth and I get out the door as efficiently as possible. So I can get to the gym. There's no thought process at all. It's just what I do. Um, it's making my bed in the morning. I'm, I'm one of those dorks that makes my bed every <laughs> single morning, whether I'm at a hotel or not. I get up, I make my bed, I clean my room, AKA or uh, a la Jordan Peterson. And then I get out the door um, because it's just, it's a habit. I want to be the type of person that has a clean and orderly space that and I'm ex extremely obsessive compulsive. And if I don't do that, <laughs> it'll bug me. Like if I don't, don't yeah, I would no. say, don't worry, Trent, we're not going to ask to see your bed behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're at a hotel. It's, it's made <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's, it's funny. It's like those, those things, those, those habits become excellence. And the more that you're, you're disciplined in those things, it's just like we were talking about going through the pipeline and exceeding those minimum standards that takes a lot of weight off of you. It takes a lot of decisions off of your plate. And if you don't have those, those are, those aren't stressful. It's not something that you have to devote time and energy to. And eventually those habits just become excellence. And if you, you want to roll in some positive self-talk. The easiest way to start doing this is I want to be the type of person that that's an easy way to start establishing habits. I want to be the type of person whose physical fitness is never questioned. Okay. Well then you got to get up and you got to go to the gym and you got to work out hard and you got to work out specifically for what you're trying to achieve. I want to be the type of person that is an expert in my profession. Okay, well, then you need to study. You need to constantly work on your skills. You need to find ways to be better at the things that you're weak on. You need to find ways to support your strengths. There's a million ways that you can do that. And you can talk yourself in to a complete and total overhaul of your person in a very short amount of time. You'd, you'd be shocked how much that discipline opens up the door for you to really achieve. That's, that's how you get to aspirational goals. I want to be the best PJ that I can be. Okay. Well, we need to, we need to figure out how shoot, move, communicate, medicate, tech rescue. That's a good place to start. Okay. Where am I weak? How can I be better now? How, how can I be a better leader? How can I be a better teammate? How can I be better at my additional duties? That's, that's an easy way to start really having transformation. Yeah. Well, and, and, and for me, it's <clears throat> so like, I, obviously I have like 18 different voices in my head. And there's a lot of talk. Jared's like, I don't have like these talks with myself. I'm like, I don't understand anything about you. <laughs> like there's the, the, the See, things right, that are happening yeah, right? here are, are, are it's chaos constantly. And so like, I have to make like six decisions to like fall back on one of them to wake myself up in the morning to go to the gym. Right. So like, it's like my, my, my physical fitness decisions that I'm going to wake up in the morning, blah, 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 blah. And so when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm tired, I don't want to go to the gym. It's like, but it's also have to balance that out with my decision that I have to work out today. And then as long as I can like reach mm. onto one of those decisions that I've made, cause I've made like eight of them for like every voice in my head. It's like, well then what, <laughs> right. when are we going to work out today, Trent? 
Like, are you going to do it after you pick up the kids from school? Are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are you going to, and then you're going to have to sacrifice something that you want to do later on in the day. And so like, yes, it it gets easier over time, but like it, like I can be the guy that I I can go to the gym every day for a year. And then on day 366, I'll wake up and my brain's just going to be like, bro, how fucking tired are you? (laughs) You know, (laughs) we'll we'll bleep that one. Sorry. And, uh, no, 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 we're not, we're not bleeping that We. We drop Beth bombs in no, here. Oh, let's oh, go, we baby. That's why we're on Rumble. Go check out the Rumble site. Uh, but, but also, I, I <laughs> find but that. But when we platform. talk about. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I, real quick, real quick, because we're talking about, um, you know, morning routines and discipline. Whoop. Ooh. Check out trenchcoffeeco.com. Oh. Use the promo codes when's ready. Check out their Brazilian Serato because that's my jam. I've already pinged Jeff and Jerrica because I've got one more. Uh, downstairs before I'm out. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm like a little crack feed. I'm just, I'm just fiending. But uh, yeah. So they got a bunch of different blends. They got some merch too. They got some good hats, but uh, definitely check them out. Trenchcoffeeco.com promo code one's ready. And then as we're talking about it, I know both of you guys don't leave the house or your hotel rooms without something in your hair. So what are you guys using? Out of regs, baby. Come on, man. Listen, oh, man. the new haircut reg came out. They gave a little 362903 specifically states how long my hair can be. What if I told you you just throw a little bit of that pipe hitter in there, a little bit of extra, and your your hair is magically within regs right away. It takes you from undisciplined and a terrible airman to a shining example <laughs> of excellence in all you do straight up. Uh, <laughs> that's the, that was the cheesiest way. I, I can't wait to talk to the outer ranks. I know. Right. It just, it just flew right off the tongue. Go check out outer ranks, outer ranks pomade. Uh, check that pipe hitter. That's my favorite one. The sea salt spray is also dope. So go check them out. Awesome dudes. I believe the code over there is one's ready as well. It is. Yeah. There's so yeah. much integrity, so, so much, much integrity, integrity in that pomade. So much sponsors service before self. You brought that's up it. The like sometimes everything. <laughs> 362903, Trent, how about you get into it, Big Blue? No. Oh, we'll start talking about the enlisted force structure and everything. The Air Force just won the Commander's uh, the commanders Trophy yesterday. They beat Army, so Army-Navy play for second. It's the first time it's happened in six years. I just got a, a feeling deep inside, of my, deep inside of my soul that honor, courage, integrity, just a bunch of keywords that I feel good <laughs> about. Thanks to the Air Force Academy, their fine football program, and most, most uh, notably, Outer Regs Pomade. <laughs> fighting falcons <laughs> fighting falcons the the small technical college mostly for boys tucked into the colorado rockies what a hilarious beautiful. thing to even beautiful explore. i'm gonna try uh, me and the comment are gonna try and go out there and, and do a little weapon school recruitment tour out of the academy I'll, I'll meet you there the springs yeah. is the springs is fantastic beautiful. i just so beautiful. happen to know a 13 grad close to my heart no big deal i'm a 13 grad <laughs> Uh, I'm not a 13 grad. I make fun of her for being a 13 grad. Um, the air force Academy is such a fun thing. I've been, I've been lucky to be involved in those circles to where there's a bunch of like no kidding grads, uh, that I, that I get to hang out with all the time. It is so fun being a lowly enlisted sled dog around all of these people. Most of them are like industry and and whatever else. I went to a wedding not, not too long ago. Uh, beautiful wedding. It was awesome. The groom and the bride were both academy grads. They're now out. But the groom had like eight groomsmen, and they were all former academy football players. Everybody that was invited was an academy football player uh, uh, or an academy grad of some sort. So it's like I'm standing in line to get a drink. 
uh, and there's like a fighter pilot and all these other people. It was hilarious because I didn't even bother telling them what I did and they never asked. I was dumbfounded by this. I was a hilarious. I'd just be like, what do you do? And then they would talk about being a pilot for like 40 minutes and I'd be like tight. <laughs> I would just go on with life. It's hilarious. I love the Academy. Oh, Trent, I interrupted you, buddy. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I'm trying really hard to like keep my, my, uh, officer and Your academy opinions? opinions to myself <laughs> right now. Oh, do you, do you just want, do you want to just break it open and talk about officer enlisted relationships and how you feel about them? Cause I really sure take don't. a nine, really take a 90 degree turn on just this. I'll just say I refuse to support the air force Academy or recognize it as a, a, attached to my career in any way, shape or form. Um, so as we're going through these, uh, <laughs> these goals, how dare you? They produce America's leaders, Trent. <laughs> There's also situational things oh that we need to be concerned about. <laughs> so, like, I think uh, if if you look at someone like uh, Goggins, right? And when he was on team, this dude was 100% focused on his physical fitness, at least from what I can tell. And I think since mm -hmm. then, he's admitted that he wasn't like the best team guy. And so as we set these goals, mm -hmm. I think we also need to maintain or, or make sure that there's space in there. Because as you go through the pipeline and then as you get on team, your goals might be like, hey, man, I want to maintain this like 25 pull-ups that I can do for the rest of my career. And I'm not saying you can't do that, but I'm saying like when that goal mm -hmm. starts to get in the way of like your operational goals and you need to reprioritize these goals every once in a while, that's when you, your minimum realistic and aspirational standards need to change up a little bit uh, because you can only you can only shove so much into that sock uh, before you know stuff starts sliding out, making a mess. I will not oh, say yeah. if they were. Uh, all, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, Peach. No, I was going to say, yeah, operational goals are are huge because for right now, for the folks that are wanting to come into the pipeline or that are in the pipeline, like you're up, you don't have operational goals essentially, or, yeah. or maybe you do, but like whatever, you don't know what those goals look like or what they smell like or anything like that. Everything is, you know, uh, physically fitness or fit, fitness type goals. For you passing the next event right mm -hmm. but once you get on team you're you're nailed it trent like i i have heard that about goggins uh, in terms of you know was wasn't as good as he could have been because he's an obsessive person right mm -hmm. so he he probably damn well could have been the best um and that's not to say that the three of us are anywhere even close to that but Absolutely. um it, you know you got to have, there's a balance, you know, you can be the most physically fit, insane person, but some other things are going to give because you're dedicating so much time to being that, you know, specimen of a person, uh, unless you're K dub and then you can just be good at everything. And but he, he's so he annoying. Count. I'm so glad I almost mentioned yeah. him. I know I almost mentioned him earlier. I think we've given him more shout outs on this podcast than anything. we have, um, we have. I, we got to get him on then if that's because everybody's going to be wanting to know like, Hey, who is this not dude? Human. I can't wait. I, he's not, you're going to have to avert your eyes though, because he you even know. looks good. He was going, he was on leave the other day and he put on like a business casual sort of outfit. And I, just for a second, just for one second, I was like, can we get an apartment? <laughs> Maybe. Together? Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> um, so I, I will say, I won't say, uh, I, I will not give enough information out about this person. So I will not say if they were uh, an officer or an enlisted person, but they were very high ranking. 
And this person is the complete and total archetype of that person that cares about the wrong things, right? So I, I would I would need something from this person and they would fail time and time again. They were not a good leader. They didn't do a good job, but they constantly hung their hat on. This is when the AFSOC was still the PT test. They'd be like, well, I got 700 on that AFSOC though, dog. Oh, like who cares? Who cares that, that you can do the these pull-ups, push-ups? How dare you? Oh, how dare you? Um, it's not me. No, no. <laughs> I, but I got to be honest with you. I, like, I, I distinctly remember that because I was, you know, I was a mid-range leader at the time. Um, and no kidding, it just dumbfounded me. It dumbfounded me every single time. You'd be like, what, what do you do all day? Like you, you PT, awesome. But then you're in your office and your work output, those things, those operational things that you should be doing, they just weren't there. And I never understood it. And good dude. Um, I don't have a bad thing to say about him as a personal guy. And he really did try hard. He loved the community and the career field. Got it. Totally cool. But that's a, a great example of like those goals have to change over time. Like, yeah, you want to maybe. And, and it's funny how if we're thinking about those three areas, those, you know, minimum realistic and aspirational goals, I almost picture them like a bar graph. And sometimes you have to give more uh, attention to one of them. Like, man, okay, me as an E8 uh, for the time being, if I focus too much on trying to like be aspirational and everything, something else is going to give. I have to be able to accept a more realistic goal. Like for physical fitness, would I love to spend, you know, four hours in the gym every day doing two workouts? Yeah, but I don't have that time in my work day. Like I, I just don't. Something else is going to suffer. I have to accept a lower standard, never below the minimums. I'd like to be closer to realistic, but those things, it's a sliding scale of what you give your time and attention to, and you have to find that balance and, and your priorities are going to shift over time. You know, Peaches being the world's number one JTAC patchware, no big deal. He has to focus more on programmatics and he has to focus more on large level leadership. And he has to focus more on investing in programs that are going to live on not just after he's gone, but 10 years afterwards. That means something else is going to have to, he's going to have to accept a lower standard, never below the minimums, hopefully closer to realistic, but it's a sliding scale of what we give our attention to. I, I just want to clarify. I am, I am not the, <laughs> the number one JSAC. It's been, it's on the internet now. If but, you, if you edit this out, we, you're, we you're put, yeah. one. when we yeah. put that, you're Zulu zero one dog. You were yeah, the, you were no. the number one. No, when we put that in the intro several years ago, that was a joke. <laughs> not, not like, man. yeah, but but it, it's like uh, remember those old boom boxes that you had back in the day, way back that actually had like the equalizer on them. Way back to me, mm -hmm. and this might be a stupid analogy, like when you're a student, you got your base just like you do when you're younger. Your base is cranked all the way up, right? And then as you go through, yeah. you have to like pull that base down a little bit, get that mid level up there and you start to see more of the picture. And then when you become like, you know, the, the, the SEL or whatever, man, people need to know what those lyrics are saying. So like that base, that mid range have to come down a little bit and that higher end where you can hear the lyrics pop through a little bit better comes up a little bit more, but you know, it's always trying to find that balance and, and the music sounds different throughout your career. Was this, uh, was this a, uh, did you get this from Senior NCO Academy? No. 
No. Please say yes. Okay. I, please say I don't yes. Know. Uh, if you know, I, like the reason why how I'm asking, I listen. I don't. <laughs> not a good listener. <laughs> the only I, place I, worse I, than senior <laughs> NCOA is Ohio. Imagine going to senior <laughs> NCOA at Dayton, Ohio. I would like. Oh my god. So, <laughs> okay, I just say that because quiet. somebody, somebody. <laughs> I just, I just throw it out there because what I went through in uh, 2017, there was a, a, I don't know, I don't even know what the commandant is, if he's a chief or a senior or whatever he is, but he gave he and he had a really thick southern accent. He was talking about like, all right, so you're. You know your your squadron or your command is a terrible is a car. southern accent. What and, are we doing here? Oh, it, I thought you yeah, said you had a thick southern accent. Do well, hey things. man, hey, it's a car, <laughs> and then hey, man. you know hey, you got to you got to dial in that radio just to get the right frequency to talk to your airman. You know, and he starts talking about the tires of the car and everything, and and everybody like he just lost everybody. Everybody's just like, dude, you you were you were out to lunch, man. What are we talking about here, right now? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> No, there there are good and bad things about PME. The be- by far the best thing about PME is the people that you meet because they yeah, are hundred percent. They are the that networking. Always be networking. That is in everything that you do. Always yeah, because you may not NCAA. know the answer and you don't have to know the answer, but you better know somebody who does. Yeah, senior NCOA for me that was the worst part is because it was during COVID and we had to do it all oh. distance. Oh. I know. So I mean, like talking on teams and kind of meeting people that way. Like I, I really do feel cause I do for as much as we talk about, you know, PME and, and we joke about it or whatever PME and the professional uh, education that we go through on the enlisted side, that's what makes the difference between us and Russia. A professionalized senior NCO and NCO core is what makes a professional military organization. And it's the difference between Russia not being able to do the most basic war fighting functions and us period point blank right so it's valuable it's good we give it crap because we're on the inside and we've been there so we can bitch and moan about it but um the best <laughs> but part you can't it, <laughs> yeah but you can't how dare you and i'm gonna gatekeep you and then i'm gonna <laughs> gaslight you because um, <laughs> i'm a girl boss um but the best part about it is those connections that you make like right now off the top of my head i can think of a rolodex of people that I'm like, I don't know how to fix this problem. And then I go into my phone and I'm like, wait a second. I know somebody that works over at that organization. I know somebody that knows somebody that works at that organization. That's the, the best part about it is meeting those people and getting outside of your own lane and your own stovepipe and meeting people from those other career fields. And that, that was the one part about my senior NCOA that I wasn't super excited about was it was all distance learning. So, and it was in the middle of COVID, the pandemic, um, so you had to do everything virtually and, you know, teams meetings are cool, man. We, I was five teams meetings a day of oh. senior NCOA stuff. And it just made it unbearable. What, what makes those courses bearable is being there with your friends, having a beer after work and talking about the dumb stuff you were just forced to listen to all day. So, or the scenarios that each, like there's some wild shit that happens out there. Wow. Talking to, like, wow. like when they said, oh yeah, what's I, up, dude? Yeah. Maintenance group, some of the wildest stuff. I thought that we did things a little bit non-standard. I, I would hear a story from a maintainer. I'd be like, "Yo, that's illegal, dog. You can't do that." <laughs> and they'd be like, "No, we do that all the time." No, <laughs> what? Shout out. Yeah, we our our folks 
are generally generally good, like yeah. in terms of like hate that don't have discipline problems. Yet mm-hmm. when we do, it's usually a hundred miles an hour. Like it's just like we are. It's a switch. It's on or off, all or none. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ones but, and zeros. Hey, whatever. <laughs> also, we're we're definitely not the most like uncouth people or or brash people in the military, which is surprising to some folks. Mm-mm. We we have like a dark sense of humor, well, but like yo. You, Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to, uh, we got a troops. new. Uh, there's. Oh yeah, ammo. The <laughs> the commandant got a new new secretary, and um, and I I realized that I always have my door open, and I kind of talk loud when I'm on the phone, and I'll just you know if I'm talking to somebody, and it's, there's a lot of f bombs being dropped. There's a lot of like, you know, and I realized that man, she can hear me. So I came out and I apologized, and she's like. She's like, that's that's not really that bad. I I'm married to a maintainer, so right. Like, she goes, and I worked at a maintenance squadron beforehand. She He's goes, fine. you're you're pretty tame. Some of the some of what I heard these people say to people and and their own wives was was pretty bad. I was like, clutching oh, my okay, pearls cool. over. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh my. Oh yeah. goodness. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's very harsh. Church. Well, it's. One hundred percent. I think. Uh, by the way, I think we we are tame comparatively to like other people because they've never had to pay a physical penalty for a bad joke. Oh uh, yeah, all of us have. Like all of us have done things that we thought were like funny and then just gotten absolutely smoked for it. Just operate conditioning for hours. Be like, oh, that oh that's real funny. Drop, and you're just like, oh no, oh I have no, screwed I th- up. I thought they'd find it funny. <laughs> They're like it was, so, so but fun, also, fun stuff. do you know what's more funny? I was a smoking you because you said that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite stories about uh, being an instructor is I very rarely did I smoke teams. Like I smoked a couple teams, but they definitely deserved it. Uh, one of my friends just hit me up, and there was a really bad decision that was made on a suit night in San Antonio, and I was made aware of that decision, and I was unhappy. I was unhappy to the point where. I made sure that we got out of training the next day and we went over to the Chapman Annex uh, away from prying eyes and I absolutely destroyed people. I was, like, I was like, what's the first flight out of here? And somebody was like, I have to leave at two. I'm like, is, that, is anybody else on that two o'clock flight? And they're like, nope. I was like, cool. We worked out long enough that I told that guy and one other person that they were allowed to go to the airport and then we stayed and continued. <laughs> like, it, it was bad. Um, but one of my favorite things about the, the joke thing um, my very good friend, he was an enlisted guy with me, went through indoc with me. We did every single run together. Like we, it, it was just a thing. Our pace was, we would dial in a six forty five pace. He and I knew exactly what that was. And Mark and I would run every single run like that to the point where the instructors like noticed it and then would make fun of us. Like they would, we'd get ready for the run and they'd be like, Oh, let me guess. Love mark you're gonna run together we're like well yeah it's working every single week it it was like our little thing it it, it was so good he actually ended up tearing his quad he had a partial tear of his quad going into the six mile eval and because we had run together so long he was able like we were able to just basically get each other through that six mile run he passed it with no problem so anyway he came back as a crow so he crossed over he's in kirtland uh he we were down in florida and he made a joke that he thought was funny. Um, and it would have been funny if it was just me and him, but he was a student and he was a crow now. And he made the joke in front of some lower enlisted folks. And it wasn't at my expense. It was just a dumb joke. And I just looked at him and I was like, 
sir, of all the people that you thought <laughs> was going to find that funny and you chose me. And just if you've like, if you've ever oh. seen the air get sucked out of a room, like we were outside. If you ever see just like the, the students faces that went from like, <laughs> <sighs> it just, yeah, they were just like, Oh no. And I was like, let's see how funny that was, sir. <laughs> and then we just went, I just went at it. It was pretty funny. Uh, pretty funny. <laughs> Looking back on it now, it was not funny for them at the time. <laughs> uh, Trent, we totally derailed. <laughs> We've been derailing for an hour. <laughs> no, like uh, the, the only last thing that I would say about it is, is I think Aaron said with the, um, the decision-making process and all this other stuff, commander's intent. And like you need, and I, I mentioned it earlier, you need to know where you're at. You need to be your own commander, right? If And you need to take that, that intent and modify it as needed and then modify those goals as needed and then to, to maintain your goals. But the the you being your own canopy commander, you know, you being your own commander, making your own intent and your own goals and, and, and reevaluating on a regular basis is important to me. But that's the last serious thing I have to say. Fantastic. <laughs> I, so. I mean, I got nothing. That, I, I agree. That was that was perfect. I, uh, I, I don't good have anything up. to say in return. Yeah, good, good wrap-up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What a great wrap-up. All right, folks. Well, next week we'll be talking about, uh, you know, international relations with Canada and seeing how much they'll pay for Ohio or how much we have to pay them for Ohio. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, make sure you go on there, like, subscribe, leave us reviews. Uh, what did we talk about today? Adorex pomade, trench coffee. Go check that stuff out. And also go check out the hoodies yeah. and all the other merch on onesready.com. Uh, that's it for us here. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Later. 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 Later.